a little bit about Isaac, Abraham's son Isaac, and his meekness. And then, do you think there's anything we could pray for? I I just didn't have a whole lot of unction to pray tonight. I'm being cynical. There's there's plenty to pray, and we're going to pray for Israel. We're going to pray for this nation. Amen.
Spirit, we invite you this evening. We acknowledge your presence and we acknowledge the fact that we do need you to lead and guide us and teach us this evening. Open our spiritual eyes and our ears to hear what you're speaking to the church in this hour. We thank you, Lord, for the corporate anointing. We thank you, Father, for the grace to pray your perfect will in Jesus name amen 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 there's been a I just noticed a, a marked difference you can be seated marked difference in uh, the anointing it's just greater there's just there's just something different and uh, I want you to look in your Bibles to um, Genesis chapter 26 and we've been on the subject of meekness and we'll be done with it soon. But we said the quality of meekness, and another word for meekness is gentleness and humility. The quality of meekness is vital for keeping relationships intact and influencing others with the gospel. And so there are all kinds of people on the way. Amen. I see them through the eye of faith. I see the people that are going to be coming. Amen. All it would take is one disaster. Another night, and I don't want it to be that. I'm not saying I'm prophesying that, but I'm saying something happened. They run into the door. They run into the church because they want answers. And we have the answer. And his name's Jesus. We said that re the result of Abraham, we talked about his example of meekness. He stopped the quarrel between the herdsmen, between his herdsmen and, and Lot, and the result was a renewed covenant with God. And we said strife is not sudden, it's a process. Sources of strife are hatred, anger, flesh, the carnality, self-seeking, disputes, and of course, the tongue. We need to avoid strife at all costs. And so just file that away in the days ahead. Uh, you've got, and if you find yourself in strife, get out of strife. Amen. We said that um, Scripture says hot tempers start fights. A calm, cool spirit keeps the peace. A gentle tongue or a gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles a temper fire. We said love suffers long and is kind. We said do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and per perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Now, I want to look at, we're going to look at um, Isaiah 26. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read the first 34 verses so you can listen or you can follow along. And I was going to skip it, but it's, it's all good. Um, the thing that uh, we need to realize, the great patriarchs 
Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, whether you realize it or not, had character flaws. <laughs> and uh, you see it with Abraham. You'll see it here as I read with Isaac. And Jacob certainly did. Okay. It says, There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of Philistines in Gerar. And then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go to Egypt. Live in the land of which I tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you for you and your descendants. I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father, and I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar, and the man of the place asked about his wife. Now this is where he got into trouble, just like his daddy. And he said, she's my sister. For he was afraid, isn't it funny how that just, the sins of the father passed down, huh? For he was afraid to say, she's my wife, because he thought, lest the man of the place kill me for Rebecca, because she's beautiful to behold. Now it came to pass, when he'd been there a long time, that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked through a window, saw that there was Isaac, showing endearment to Rebecca, his wife, and then Abimelech, you know they should shut the curtain, shouldn't they? Showing endearment to Rebekah, his wife, then Abimelech called Isaac and said, Quite obviously, she's your wife, so how could you say she's my sister? Isaac said to him, Because I said, lest I die on account of her. And Abimelech said, What is this you've done to us? One of the people might have soon lain with your wife, and you would have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech charged all his people, saying, He who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Then Isaac sowed in that land. What land was it? What was going on in the land? Famine. Sold in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper, continued prospering, until he became very prosperous. Now you know why the preacher says you need to, you need to get planted in the house of the Lord. For he had possessions of flocks, possessions of herds, great number of servants, so the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the, dug in the days of Abraham, his father, and they'd filled them with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water, which they dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. Also Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen. Here we go. Saying, the water is ours. So he called the name of the well Essek because they quarreled with him. Then they dug another well. They quarreled with over that one also. So he called it its name Sitna. And he moved from there and dug another well. And they did not quarrel over it. So can you see he did a lot of digging? So he called its name Rehoboth. Because he said, for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Then he went up from there to Beersheba. That was his home turf where Abraham's camp was. And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I'll bless you, multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there, called on the name of the Lord, and he pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants dug a well. Then Abimelech. Now, when you hear that Abimelech, he had Abimelech also with Abraham, 
Abimelech just basically was like a pharaoh. So they passed the same name. It was a different individual. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Azuzeth, one of his friends, and Phicol, the commander of his army. And Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me, since you hate me and have sent me away from you? So he wasn't very happy. But they said, We've certainly seen that the Lord is with you. I'm sure they did. So we said, Let there now be an oath between us, between you and us. Let us make a covenant with you, that you will do, no, do us no harm, since we have not touched you, and since we've done nothing to you but good, and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. So he made them a feast. I want you to make note of that. Remember that. He made them a what? A feast. And they ate and drank, and then they arose early in the morning and swore an oath with one another, and Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. You're hearing that word a lot, aren't you? It came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him about the well which they dug and said to him, We have found water. So he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. Sheba is just number seven. Remember, Abraham at Beersheba had, had a cut a covenant there and had seven lambs, I, I think, with, with the inhabitants of that land, and they cut a covenant there. So I want to go through this and give you some of Isaac's characteristics. As I said, they're good, mostly good, and, and uh, uh, some bad too. Unlike his father Abraham and his son Jacob, we see from Scripture that Isaac was not cut out for hardship. Now, if, you'll, if, you, if you read the Bible, Genesis 25, verse 27 states this, He was a mild or plain man dwelling in tents. Now, that isn't a very good description. I wouldn't want to be called mild or plain. I want to be called, you know, exciting and good-looking or whatever. All right? But here he was called mild or plain. This is what it means in the Hebrew. It means blameless and upright. Now, I would say that's a good characteristic. So, but he was a man of the tents. His brother was a hunter. Loved to be outdoors, remember? But Isaac stayed with Mama in the tent. He was kind of a mama's boy, I think. But he was, he was I think he was 40 years old before he got a wife. See, Micah, you're going to... I gave you that long. And you remember when, when Rebecca was coming and, and Abraham's servant had been brought him from their home country, she says, who is that man? And there was Isaac in the field. What was he doing? It was a habit of his. He'd go into the field in the evening and meditate. Another good characteristic. You know, Abraham was a, a military strategist and a warrior. <clears throat> Jacob um, was a typical Jew, knew how to make a buck, cheat the relatives. But Isaac was a, was a mild-mannered, quiet, reserved individual. Okay? The only thing, his character flaw was this. Like his father Abraham, he mixed faith with fear. You can't mix, mix faith with fear. And he did that, remember? He tried to pass on his wife as his sister. He relied on deception in telling Abimelech that Rebekah was his sister. Isaac was obedient, though, to stay in Gerar even though there was a famine. So that tells you another good characteristic about him. Like his father Abraham, he obeyed God. See, 
Abraham, I was reading a commentary, Abraham just went on his own down to Egypt when there was a famine. And Jacob, basically the same thing. And, uh, but they were of a stronger personality and a stronger nature. And the commentary said that basically this, Isaac couldn't handle the hardship. So God knows where all of us are at. He knows what our faith can handle. So Isaac stayed put, but it paid off, didn't it? He sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Conditions were not perfect. So when do you sow when conditions are perfect? You sow in the time of famine. You're, you're not going to get taught that in a lot of churches. You hear me? You know, you've got to learn and I've got to learn to sow when circumstances are contrary. So the man began to prosper, continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Prosperity comes in stages. If you're faithful and obedient and you're a good steward of what God gives you, you'll go from one stage to the next. I want to get into the very prosperous stage. Amen. So, as a result of that, the Philistine people in that land, in Gerar, were jealous and they envied him. Okay, And basically they said, you're out of here. Get out of here. Chased him out. Now this is what I want you to see because we're talking about meekness. Which, what's another word? Gentleness, humility, graciousness. Isaac displayed his true character in working hard. Say working hard. Did you hear how he worked hard? What did he have to do? He had to go move from his tent from one place to the next place and dig a well and then be chased away. He didn't quit. And see, that's a good lesson for all of us as believers. We can't quit. No matter what we hear on the news and what's coming against us, we've got to keep going, pressing on. Amen? Isaac didn't quit. He didn't give up. He displayed his true character in working hard to preserve his inheritance even in the face of opposition. He made an effort to get along with his neighbors. To no avail, though, but he made an effort. And that's the thing in the days ahead. <clears throat> as, we're de- as we're working in the church and in the community, in Patriots United, I thought about you, Steve, when I was working on this. Because have you ever gone down to Lincoln? I know you've been down to Lincoln many times and darkened the doors of many senators. Were there some that just gave you the Clint Eastwood twitch? Were there some that you really didn't want to be gracious? Yep, but were you? Why? Because you don't burn a bridge because you might have to cross over it again someday. They're not going to pay any attention to you if you're mean and cruel and act like an idiot. Amen? And it's the same way, you know, in, in the church, we've got to make sure that we operate in love and we're gracious with people and there's times you just want to get in the flesh but we've got to, we can't do that okay so he didn't quit he didn't give up and he worked really hard to get along with his neighbors scripture says if at all possible live peaceably with all men do you notice that word three letter word all men not just the men and women you like It's easy to get along with people 
you like. But you know, I've had neighbors through the years, I didn't like them. You ever had somebody like that? You work with somebody like that? You know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I know we, we, don't have to, we don't have to like people. We need to love them. But we've got to learn how to get along with people, all kinds of people. Now, first well that they dug was Essek, and that means quarrel. So they must have been quarreling. Well number two was Sitnot, means enmity or hatred. Not making much progress. Well number three was Rehoboth, which means spaciousness or an open field or a, a, a large area. Scripture says those who follow after peace will sooner or later find peace. That's why we've got to continue to work at getting along with people. Well, what if they don't want to get along? Have you ever had people in your life, you've tried and you've tried and you've made every effort, but they just don't want to? Well, there's nothing you can do about that. You've got to let them go. Say, let them go. You've got to do that. Blessed are the peacemakers, the Bible says, for they shall soon be called the sons of God. Now, Isaac, he's making progress. He ended up with Rehoboth, the, the well that they dug, which was in a spacious area. Didn't have any issues. But he ended up in Beersheba, which means well of seven or well of swearing. Not, not like cussing. About like swearing an oath or making a covenant. This had been Abraham's home base where he ratified a covenant with Abimelech, and now Isaac renewed that covenant with Abimelech. Now I want you to see, he wasn't happy with these people. Who would you be? Would you be happy with somebody that kicked you out of their house? Uh. Uh-uh. But here I notice it says he made a feast for him. Remember I told you? Remember that? He made a dinner for him. He didn't probably feel like it. He didn't want to. He'd rather probably say, hit the road, Jack, and don't come back anymore. But he made a feast for them, and it says this, they departed in peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. So if you and I will make every effort, like Abraham, like Isaac, to get along with people, it'll, it'll come back to bless you. It'll come back. I'll never forget, and I, I remember this, my dad was not a type A personality like me, his son. My dad internalized everything. My, ma- my, ma- my mother was, she was a type A, I, for sure. And uh, she'd really get upset with my dad because he wouldn't, he wouldn't deal with the situation. I can remember back when I was a little kid, they had bills bills and they didn't have any money to pay it. My mom had to go to the bank and borrow the money from the banker. And I think that scarred her for life. My dad just didn't want to confront anybody. He was a businessman. He had a shoe store and he was, he was loved by people. At his funeral, the church was full upstairs and down. People loved him. He was very good at what he did, but he didn't want to... Con- well, who wants to confront but he, some people just are going to totally bury their head. And he was that way. And I can remember as a kid, all I remember him is coming through the door after work, walking up the stairs and going to bed because he had a migraine headache. He let the stress get to him, see. 
And I'm sure my mother caused some of that. Uh, he was really, we got, we got along great. I got along great with my dad, not so much with my mother. I was too much like her. I said, I always told you I made her pull that cigarette drawer open and get a cigarette. That's what I did to my mother. But this story I'll never forget. My dad had a customer, and if you've ever had a business, you're always going to have some blankety-blanks that are customers. <laughs> and this was a little old woman. And, and she'd come in, and my dad would give free polish. They don't do this anymore. He'd give cans of polish away, or they'd give free packets of hose to the women when they bought. Yeah, those were the days. They don't do that stuff anymore. Ooh, it's raining. And uh, this woman kept coming back and coming back and complaining and complaining. And I'll never forget this because it's the only story I remember about my dad. He took the shoes that she brought back, slammed them down on the counter, and said, don't you ever come back in this store again. I bet everybody fell over. That was my, not my dad's nature. See, we can all be, people can push our buttons. Even him, he'd only go so far, but my father was, was a humble, gentle, meek individual. And uh, he, he didn't like, you know, strife, and he wanted to keep the peace. And we all need to be that way. So, I want you to see, he sent him away with a feast, and uh, they departed in peace. And it says, it came to pass the same day, say, say same day, same day that they departed in peace, that Isaac's servant brought the news that a new well had brought forth water. So folks, it pays to be gracious. It pays to forgive. It, it's 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 good for both of us, all of us here in this room, if we'll just make an effort to get along with people. I'm telling you, the day's hit, it's not always going to be easy. Zach's ran for city council, he had to deal with stuff. The other day I had to sit down with somebody from the city, telling me stuff, and you'd be proud of me, Zach. Because I knew stuff this other individual didn't know. And I could have opened my mouth and I could have said, you know what, I'll tell you some stories about And I could have related some stuff that you had to do with, but I didn't. I just let that individual sit there and talk to me and pour, pour her heart out to me. And I was really nice. So then I guess it's paying off, huh? I should have preached on meekness 20 years ago. But that person left we didn't have an argument. I listened to everything that they had to say. And, um, you know, that's the way it should be. I didn't agree with that individual. But you don't have to get in a fight. Amen? Amen. So, let's stand up. And as you stand up, I'll remind you the Word of God says, A gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles fire. Hot tempers start fights. A calm, cool spirit keeps the peace. That's a good one. 
Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. So when you get along with others and you operate in meekness, you're operating the wisdom of God. That's God's way. It's a gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings, not hot one day, cold the next, not two-faced, you can develop a healthy, robust community, our church, that lives right with God and enjoy its results only if you do the hard work, say hard work, of getting along with one another. Treating each other with dignity and honor. Amen. So, that's what we need to do this week. Amen. You're going to have an opportunity to, to exercise what you've Heard. Amen? Amen. We're going to pray tonight. If you'd come and, and, and would you play for me, please?